movies by minutes. Project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best settled up now, kids, cause here we go. All right. Howdy and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Mark Campbell. Sorry, I preempted hee-haw there. Oh, (laughs) no, that's at the end. I got a little too excited. Oh, I'm Mark Campbell. (laughs) Who are you? I'm Jason Allman. I'm Jason. My name's Jason. Hi. Hi. Um, You guys uh, probably have no idea who we are. We were uh, guests on the Indiana Jones Minute and and, uh, just kind of like found our way into here. Jim O'Kane invited us to do this and uh, we're happy to be here. We are very happy to be here. I'm so, and you know, I don't think we've been off more than we can chew. I think we can just get right to it, right? I think so. But first, I want to ask, like, Jason, what's your what's your oh, experience yes. with Silverado? What? Oh, Silverado. I don't have as much experience as you. I'm afraid. I uh, I've been aware of this movie for a long time. I saw it once ten years ago, ten plus years ago, and uh, I remember liking it. I uh, never thought about it again until you came along in my life telling me that I had to do a podcast with you <laughs> about Silverado. So now I'm very familiar with Silverado. Oh, awesome. Well, so tell us about your experience with Silverado, Mark. Well, it's funny you should ask, Jason. So I, I saw this, I think I was 14 when it came out. Uh, my mom dropped me off at the Tacoma Mall Twin movie theater and Silverado and Mad Max at Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome had just opened. And I saw both of them that I think it was a Sunday afternoon or something. And uh, I watched Mad Max first and then went over to the next auditorium and watched Silverado. And I love both of them, but really Silverado uh, found a very special place in my heart. And I think I saw it two or three more times in the theater as a kid. So always loved this movie. Always made me, made me wish for more Westerns in the world. Um, but yeah. Oh, that it's was good. just like a, an episode of the Wonder Years. You explained that. It's beautiful. It really was. I'm nostalgic. So this has been the Silver Autumn. No, I'm here we go. <laughs> All right. So we're at minute 116, everybody. And this begins with Cobb telling Slick to go find Ray. And it ends with uh, our four heroes leaving Augie at a graveyard. As you do with a young child. As you do with a young child, yes. So... And by Slick, he truly is Slick. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is pretty much the best-dressed man in the West, I do believe. I would assume uh, Jeff Goldblum is just naturally called Slick, you know, offset as well, right? I, I would think so. I would think so, yes. Um, yep. So Goldblum goes off. I'm sorry, not Goldblum. Slick goes off looking for Ray. And then next we see our guys riding up. Augie's uh, on the back of Jake's horse. And they're coming up to a cemetery. That's, I guess, in the Old West. That's what you had outside of town, wasn't it? Cemeteries. Oh, you know, the dead got to go somewhere, right? They do. Now, um, if you were Augie's age, would you like being left alone at a cemetery? Me, personally? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, very much. I, I, I'm one of those ch- children who would take walks through cemeteries with my grandparents uh, or my or my parents, you know, when I was a little child. And I actually do live by a cemetery now, the ones my grandparents are buried in, the same one that they took me walking through. And I walk my two-year-old son through them as well. Do everything, <laughs> turn, turn, turn. <laughs> son, someday I'll be here too. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, actually, I mean, uh, we were now working in the personal life. I will be cremated. I signed my estate plan today with the lawyer and I checked oh. off cremation. There you go. Oh. Oh. That's a uh, little personal information for everybody. Thank you. There we go. So it's a rather heroic shot of our four heroes. They pull up and then they see over the shoulder, we see the beautiful city of Silverado, which apparently when they built this set, they just basically redressed it for every town they went through in this film makes makes perfect sense yeah amazingly they did because we get some snow we get some sun it's it's very versatile i if i remember the trivia they they would just like you know wherever they shot this if you point a different direction you have a different type of vista right Mm -hmm. it's new mexico Yeah, yeah very well done um and are any other westerns filmed in are any other Westerns filmed in the wintertime? I mean, aside from movies that take place in the winter, I mean, it doesn't seem to, this movie doesn't seem to need a season, like the snow doesn't play a big character, but it seems very a bold move for a film that's primarily filmed outdoors to want to do it in the wintertime. But I guess, you know, maybe New Mexico just has clear skies the whole time. Yeah. I'm, always a, I'm always a big fan of uh, snow set Westerns, like The Great Silencer. Mm-hmm. Going even actually more more recently, Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. It's it definitely sets a very eerie atmosphere for the Great West. Yeah. I love it. I do love it. Um, yeah, so they pull up. Augie's riding with Jake. Now, Jake lets Augie down. Obviously, they're gonna leave him behind here to go smoke a cigarette behind a gravestone. Um, but uh Jake does something that I'm not quite understanding. He pulls off his bandana and he hands it to Augie, who puts it on. Yeah, that's I, I'm perplexed as well. It's it's his neckerchief. He takes it off and and just hands it off to Augie like it's a uh, he's going off to war and he gives his lover a lock of his hair almost. So, I guess my question is, yeah, is this is this something to comfort Augie? Is this like? when you get a new puppy and and the puppy comes with a little blanket that smells like you know the puppy's mom dog and is that is this for augie to uh you know be comforted by the by the smell of jake and when do you think the last time jake bathed and or washed that that bandana before handing it off to augie oh you don't wash those types of bandanas you never you never wash your neckerchief <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's, just, that's with you th- throughout the seasons <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean unless you know it was it for augie to wipe his tears away or to blow his nose in i mean jake must have blown his nose in that a few times but it might be for like that gaping wound that augie has that no one's seemed attended to just to, to tie it no. off they, okay good they cut that part out of the film yeah, yeah. well augie hops down and then he goes over to his Uncle Emmett's leg. And it was a nice hump. Li- little little leg hug there. <laughs> little leg hug. I, You know, what I love about this movie is that 
I, I'm a big Scott Glenn fan. I've always wished for more Scott Glenn in the world. Um, but he never, he doesn't really do it here. And he is a bit of a cold cowboy in this movie. Um, you know, he's kind of all business, has a little twinkle in his eye sometimes, you know, almost like a Clint Eastwood sort of thing. Um, but he he never seems warm. And when he actually reaches down, it seems like, you know, Emmett definitely has warm affection for his uh, his his nephew, Augie. And, uh, you know, kind of feels guilty for having been gone for five years to, you know, find him so big. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see Scott Glenn, you know, having a bit of warmth to him, you know, or even just being a good guy. I'm not, I mean, I've seen some Scott Glenn stuff. I'm, I guess, yeah, I'm usually used to him being kind of a, a, a villain, right? Does he play villains a lot? Uh, he's, uh, no, well, I'm trying to think of a villain, but, uh, you know, uh, one of my other favorite movies is Science of the Lambs, and of course... Oh, yeah, I forgot. He's, oh, he's fantastic in that. And uh, I guess he's not a villain in Hunt for October either. Um, oh. Well, I'm nor... way off base then, I, I'm afraid to say. Sorry, but Scott. He, he's he's also in uh, one of my favorite train wreck movies, The Keep, 1983's Michael Mann film, The Keep. Oh, The is, Keep. Yeah, which that has is... Been, uh, wild ride quite hidden from view i think they've i think it's only available on streaming but they uh they never really put it out you know for mass public consumption i think uh, like it's it's i don't think it's a great film but it's i i love looking at it and that tangerine dream score is fantastic it is it is it's a great movie yeah but he's in that but he's a he's an extremely mysterious character in that movie but he, he's still a hero but uh but uh yeah uh, so Augie, Augie is Augie's giving a leg hug. Says, "You stay here." They all grab their rifles or guns, and, and they get locked and loaded, oh. ready to go. I do love. Heroic. I love. I love a good scene of. It, it's. I think it's like the sound effects with like the action of, especially in westerns, of locking and loading, and just getting ready for battle, and just hearing, you know, the the leather of like the gun holes like people putting their holsters in their leather and everything all the clicking it, i think i don't know i do like that i always like it yeah you know i'm talking about it might be weird here no and i mean just you know good sound effects it's like uh, uh, lots of clicky stuff let's you know and and obviously these guys are ready to go and and this 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 kind of you know 45 degree profile shot of them is just fantastic and it's such a it's such a great cast. I mean, just seeing them all in frame and and yeah, such a, a beautiful four shots in in these. Now we're getting to technical film terms, yeah. but but uh, pretty much this whole minute is a beautiful wide, you know, cinemascope. Or is it cinemascope? It was, it's not cinemascope. I think not, it was it was technoscope or something like that. Which yeah, it's just I think it's just anamorphic widescreen. Although I'll I'll double check on that for anybody who's shouting at their their iphones right now yes but beautiful um, like landscapes and and all the characters in the frame with the beautiful vistas behind them in this widescreen format oh it's beautiful i love it mm -hmm. jason would you would you have liked to live in the old west no um nah, it probably smelled pretty bad judging by jake's neckerchief it probably smelled pretty bad yeah um jake's is gonna have to use his sleeve if he has to wipe his nose now um and then Peyton, what does Peyton say, Jason? Oh, well, Peyton, he comes up with the line, 
Last one to the midnight store star buys. Buys what? I'm assuming whiskey or hookers. One of the two. <laughs> I, I think I think they're more whiskey guys than themselves. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Jake says you're on. And then Jake, uh, what does he say? Let's get him. Let's then, get him. Something like that, then, right? Yep. And they take off. And it kind of ends just with them about to come over the rise there. Augie's off to the left. Augie's hunkering down. Watch watch from afar. Um, I don't know how I feel about the line, let's get them. It, it, it seems a little bit too easy or it, 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 I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate well. It, I don't know. It seems like it's just thrown in there for like a little like excitement movie stuff, but I don't know. What do you think? I think it fits with uh, the Kevin Costner, Jake's character. Cause he's kind of a, kind of a dumb kid, really. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good with a gun, good with a, good with a kissing of the ladies, I guess, but as mm-hmm. he gets into trouble many times with them. But uh, yeah. but he's he's very you know rash brash rash and brash, yeah. uh, and uh, he's gone and done something rather rash. Yes, I, I I think it works for his character. He's he's just a young dumb kid of thirty. He's young. He's just a dumb thirty-year-old teenager. Yeah, I know I, you I, mentioned. You, yeah, you, I, I did tell you earlier my opinion on Coster on this this film, which I I do like his performance very much, but. It, he it it feels like he's a little ten years old for the part, you know, ten years too old, just a mm-hmm. little bit. He's about thirty when this movie was made. I looked it up, and he, he has a lot of the good physicality and the oh gee whiz, oh, I mean I didn't mean to, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. he he looks just a tad too old for the part to mm-hmm. me. Well, I mean, if you think that they're supposed to be brothers, you look at um, you know Emmett. Emmett looks like he's what early forties, something like that. A good rugged, you know. Scott Glenn's one of those faces that always looks sixty-five, right? I don't think he looks sixty-five, but I think he's <laughs> he looks old. He always looks old to me. He looks always like fifty. He looks like a fifty-year-old man, even when he's like thirty. I think. But he, but he, but it's a he's a well-weathered man. You know, he's yeah. like yeah, he's he's a well-weathered kind of tough sort of outdoorsy sort oh, of man. Oh, he's a perfect cowboy. He's yeah, he's born to play a cowboy. I don't think he looks 50 here. I think I think early 40s. But to me, that means that that it, you know, you couldn't have Scott Glenn, you know, have Jake be a 20-year-old if Scott Glenn looks like he's, you know, at least 40. So just I don't know. It's just my thought. But yeah, I get your point about uh it seems like some of his lines and behavior is a little bit he's too old for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I have a very good time with Costner in this film. This is oh, a movie too. star making role, I'd say. It is a star making, and I, uh, I, I, I read that the Scott Glenn and Kevin Costner got along famously while making this movie, and uh, Scott Glenn kept teasing him and saying, "Hey, movie star!" <laughs> I think he Scott Glenn was predicting the future about what was going to happen with Kevin Costner's career after this movie. Oh. That's, so, that's very i like stories like that i like i like yeah. hearing about people getting along on set good i do too it's yeah. good it's good um well i think uh you have anything else you want to say about this minute this minute uh i am tapped out you're tapped out okay tapped out well, this minute um 
Well, listeners can find the Silverado podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. And of course, you can always, if you want to have a fun time on the, the socials, you can go to the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener Saloon on Facebook. And uh, also uh, check out check it out on uh, Twitter at Silverado MXM. And join us here next time on the Silverado Minute. Yeah! Oh, I, I just... I, okay, I did it there. Right. That was the right time to do it, right? Yeah. My dog yeah. is going to start barking if I do this. So here. Yeah! How's that? That sounds more like a kind of, <laughs> sound like a donkey. It sounds kind of garbage. <laughs> All right. We'll work on it next next. Time. All right. Next minute. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.